Today we are talking about Black Adam, the latest entry in the DC universe. Uh, we're also going to answer the big question. And there's a tweet that has mm-hmm. got somebody's mm-hmm. underwear tied up into a knot. Whoa. <laughs> Keep her undies on. It's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> Black Adam has come to the screens. Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays Teth Adam, who was given the power of the Egyptian gods to save the world from evil 5,000 years ago, but was quickly trapped and entombed since. That is, until a historian and her friends release him into the modern world. Now calling himself Black Adam, he must decide if he is a destruction machine, or is he free to become something better than what he was when he was created. That's what we're here to find out. No, we're actually here to talk about how good or bad this movie is, what we liked and what we didn't like. Who wants to do an official first take? I think Gover should go first. Oh. I'm very No, 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 because I'm curious because I think I think most of us are going to be on the same page here with some things, but I'm always curious about Gover not because I think he has bad takes, but because this one I really don't know but you where also he might think be. I have bad takes. Well, I do, right, but not for right. this one. Okay, okay. I'm truly curious on this one because I think we've seen the spectrum of the internet on this, from critics to fans to things of that sort. So I'm very curious where Gover lies in, in his picks. Yeah. I lie right down the middle. <laughs> I think my son would love it, and I checked my watch several times while I watched the oh. sneak preview night. So <laughs> watch check. Yeah. Uh, it seemed long. It was. I, well, mm. it seemed long. It, it, it felt long. So I have a couple of things right off the bat. If we can just dive right in. Do it. Do it. Just wasting no time. Here are my notes from the theater in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Are we ready? Okay. Yes. Did the narrative, because you know it opens with a narrative, did the narrative record over Zoom? Because the quality (laughs) is better on this podcast than the the sound quality of that narrative. Are you sure it wasn't your theater? You're positive it wasn't your theater. Guaranteed. Okay, just making sure. Okay. I mean, I didn't see it in Dolby or anything. Because, I mean, you weren't, you weren't in, like, reserve seating and somebody sat, like, right next to you. No, no, no. Oh, no. So. Well, <laughs> I do have a story about somebody who did who had the whole theater to sit in and decided to sit two seats away from me, which I thought was a little ridiculous. But that's not why. <laughs> okay, just making sure. No. The, the <laughs> narrative. be flattered. The they just wanted qu- to be near you in your aura. Well, here's the best part. It's a tangent. Uh, they were wearing a mask. So right, they, that's, that's so they were they were upset or not upset they they were concerned about COVID clearly okay but were wearing a mask oh, but okay. also chose to sit two seats next to me when they had the entire theater to sit in there does seem to be some contradictory things going on there when yeah. you said mask I thought Halloween mask for a second oh no no and I'm thinking oh He's wearing a rock good lord mask. yeah no it was definitely a mask. I don't know what the mask said because I didn't want to look at them okay <laughs> but that's that's my personal experience in the film. That has nothing to do with what I was saying. The, right. the sound quality of the narrator is obnoxiously bad. It sounds like they gave some, a kid a script at home. He opened up Zoom, recorded it on whatever mic he had, and then sent in the MP3, and that's what they use for the final product, <laughs> which is embarrassing if you're DC. Okay. Can I? Can I? Uh, Before add I on move to on, that? I can would I add love any that? feedback. I would say this. the two of you are going to pick up on the audio things, if anybody. Okay. So. Uh, I did not pick up on that audio because I was too concerned with the video I was seeing. <laughs> because it's during this long exposition of narration, that's it, my next note. It looks like a cutscene from a video game from about 2008. 
uh, see where this is going. It from. was just, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't know. Should we just I, get the scores? Because it, uh, oh, no, no, I have, I have to say, I'm just, I'm just it kidding. was brutally long, and uh, and it did look and sound like it was not for a movie. Right. So my next note was holy juxtaposition, Batman. <laughs> no relevant. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, the score was too loud. It drowned out a lot of the dialogue for me in intense parts, not the whole time, but mm-hmm. in intense parts, uh, it was it was like they were they, they made an effort to have this great score, and then the dialogue got lost in it. And I missed what each emerging superhero did, meaning when they were introducing themselves to each other, and of course by way of each other, the audience. Right. There are these new superheroes that I'd never heard of. It was Tornado. What was the what was the Cyclone? Cyclone and the other and the the, the basically Adam the Ant, right, the Ant Man of of DC. Right. Yeah. So when he was like, Oh, I never met you before, what's your name? Blah blah blah. What do you do? I do this and then oh I do this. <laughs> I lost what was said because the score was so loud. Okay. And then my last my last critique is the Rock's character, Black Adam, speaks his native language in the in the beginning. A great setup, mm-hmm. other than the juxtaposition. He 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 speaks his native language in the beginning. He wakes up after five thousand years and speaks perfect English. Yes, home run, Gover. What yes. in the hell is and, that about? And not only does he, there was so much. Hold on, wait a second. I can, oh, hold on one yeah. second. I just want to say that there was so much dialogue, trying desperately to tell the audience what was going on. They couldn't fit one line about how he all of a sudden could speak English. They could have fixed that. Believable or not, they could have fixed it or at least addressed it. Just explained it. it. Just given a quick explanation. And they did not and do that. picks it up like a robot. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. His he superhero powers allows him to- yeah. Of every time he visits or whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, but no, I mean, like they had to explain sarcasm to him. Like, so they're reinforcing that he doesn't know yes. what the current language yeah. does, yet he speaks it perfectly. So, yes. Yes. We can move uh, on now. Those are my notes from the theater. Okay. Anything You'll notice po- there were nothing good on here. I was about to say, uh, was there yeah. anything positive that you brought on? Yeah. Of? Okay. So I thought that all the all these aside, I thought The Rock did fine. He and didn't bother me as an actor. He's pretty um, likable. He's a he, very likable. Not a lot guy. of reach. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, clearly, but I but I still think he you know for what the character was. Okay, I accept that. Uh, Gover's uh, digging here. No, well, uh, well I, it was so negative based. I, I couldn't. I didn't really Did somebody at craft services make a good sandwich? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, maybe the catering on set was spectacular. I don't really know. Maybe DC put all their budget in there and not the narration early on. That's it for now. If I come up with anything else, I'll let you know. Justin Bradford, first take. He was Black clearly Adam. chopping at the bit to get in on this conversation. But I appreciate what Gover had to say. And. I'll Mark go and, it down in history. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll want to add on to the language thing. And yeah. this is not my, not my first note, but I might as well continue to build upon what Gover said. Overall, it's a decent popcorn flick. Yes. If you go in with it trying to be on its own and you just want to enjoy an action movie, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. The CGI is better than what I've seen Marvel put out here lately, too. It looks like they spent time on that. Granted, they don't have the pressure of Marvel to put out so much... Co- content right now either it's amazing the, what, what can happen when you have capacity right, right? The i mean visual mm-hmm. effects when she hulk you know addresses that in their finale which is awesome <laughs> <laughs> then you know there's something like yeah well we know but in terms of as a viewer i appreciated that yeah 
yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you so, could go to uh, Deadpool 2, where he's uh, like, I'm in the X-Men house, but I only get two right, characters. Two, you know yeah, what I mean? right? yeah. What's the yeah. budget for this? Yeah. 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 Openly so, acknowledging it. With The Rock's character, Teth Adam, all of a sudden being able to speak perfect English, and not just speak perfect English, but speak it with an American accent. Mm-hmm. When everyone around him is speaking in an accent of Kandak, which we would assume is somewhere in the Middle East, potentially Egypt, in that yes. vicinity of the world. Can I break in for one second and just say that this goes back to our point, your point, I believe, on a couple episodes ago, where you had mentioned something about how Wakanda is a made-up country, but how do they, how, why, does the, why, do the, why do the writers do that and not just pick a country like Kenya or whatever? And we explain it's because it helps... Mm-hmm the audience get halfway there without saying anything, without having to explain more. So yeah. I took it as the same exact type of thing. I had no problem with that. You had no problem with there being an American accent? No, no, no. I had, no, I had no problem with the... Being a conduct with, being... With kind of a generic... Oh, yeah, Middle yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's totally fine. Totally I mean, fine with that. These worlds, the comic books are building their own universes yeah. and everything, too. Totally understand that. 100% okay. So The Rock is speaking with an American accent right off the bat. You bring up, boy, oh boy, what a, what a great point that Gover has in bringing up Wakanda. Because in Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman made it a point to make sure that those from Wakanda were speaking with a proper accent to represent where they would be in the world. That's big. Him yeah. as well, because he's obviously not from Africa. He directly is not. His descendants are. Sure. He's not. But... He took it upon himself to make sure the representation was there in the movie because they were concerned, quote unquote, that people would not be able to understand it. And he's like, no, this, this is representation. This is important for the character for building this world. Here we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who I enjoy his movies. I just do. I can turn my mind off. I enjoy Jungle Cruise. You do? I enjoy, yes. Okay. I enjoy <laughs> Jumanji. I enjoy them just for what they are, which is yeah. just a fun movie. I'm not looking too deep into them. But one of my biggest issues with this was, is that you have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is of, who is of black and Pacific Islander descent, right? playing someone Middle Eastern. Okay. And I don't think it's been brought up enough that you have the entire supporting cast that are, that directly represent the part of the world that they're in, and the characters of Kondok... In 2600 BCE, are of Middle Eastern descent, and then all of a sudden you have Dwayne the Rock Johnson, when he shazams, is playing someone of that descent, just like when he was in the Mummy. Yep. But it's way different nowadays. You see in Shang Chi, you see in Black Panther, you see in so many different other movies too how important it is of representation and. I thought the supporting cast overall was way better than Dwayne The Rock Johnson in this because he had to tone it to be Black Adam in this. And I don't think this role was suited best for him, even though that's what he wanted. He made the film happen, right? Hold on. He made the film happen himself. (laughs) JKG wants to jump in so bad. I'm making a point here because I I think it's extremely important. I'm I'm just bringing the audience into what's happening That everyone else was represented fine, except for here, they, they could not find an actor to play this role to properly represent this part of the world. And when you have your first, when DC puts out its first 
superhero of Middle Eastern descent. He's not even close to Middle Eastern descent. <laughs> yeah, I I have a feeling that somebody maybe on on the set of this movie would have said, you know, we need somebody of Middle Eastern descent, and they say, well, but we have Dwayne the Rock Johnson who puts butts in seats. He does. And, and, that, and they just decided to just let it go. They did let it go. And I have a problem with that. I do, because in my mo- superhero movies, I prefer when the main characters are cast with an actor or actress that is not as well known. Because it is really difficult for me to believe that this huge superstar in the box office like Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Black Adam. Most of the time when they're casting someone in these roles, like Henry Cavill, he became Superman. The Rock is typecast. I liked him in Mission Impossible better, but well, <laughs> but but it was it was he was believable too because he changed yes, the way no, his look was right. Yeah. But Dwayne the Rock Johnson is typecast in a certain type of role where it's action. He's funny. He has great comedic timing, which we didn't see any of that really in here because that wasn't the role that he was supposed to be playing. That's why I liked the Adam Smasher role. I liked. Dr. Fate. I like the supporting cast, even though we didn't get a backstory, like we couldn't even hear, like Gover said, what they were doing and who they were and everything. I liked them as supporting cast. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was the weakest link in this movie for me in terms of the actors. Whoa. Didn't expect that. He was, because I could not turn off that that's The Rock. Even aside from the child, the teenager that was freaking annoying, doing annoying teenager stuff, I couldn't turn it off in my head that it was still The Rock there. And I just did not like that part. Now, before I go on to my next point, yes. I have a very few points. That was my big one. Go over. My moment has passed. Are you sure? Yeah, you said you liked this. <laughs> now, see, I'm going to piece it together like a bad comic. You said that uh, that you preferred the supporting cast. They were, they were better in this. And I was, I was going to say the kids sucked. <laughs> I was going to say that. That's but all I, you I, had to say? Yeah, but I couldn't find a, I couldn't find a, a moment of silence to just of squeak, all that? squeak it in. Yeah, of re- all regular that. listeners of the, this podcast <laughs> will, will, will say, gee, that kid actor was terrible is a very common <laughs> phrase <laughs> with Jeremy Gover. Uh, so thank you. See for being, Jurassic Park. You were so oh, on brand with that. that. So so the, the Sorry, other, I just didn't like it. The use of better. slow motion in this film was overused just the same way as J.J. Abrams used lens flare in the Star Ooh. Trek trilogy. So much slow motion for the sake of the action, which I, I like the action sequences. They're fine enough. They're okay, but every time it's like throwing a punch. Shoo, okay, but And then slow motion. Can I ask a question? This is a real question. I'm not, yes. being, I'm not being a jack wagon. Uh <laughs> Did you were you set up for that opinion because it was more at the beginning? No, more no. at the beginning. There was a, was some slow motion showing that he could do certain things and all that. No, because even in the rest of the action sequences, there was still slow motion things like okay. when they were taking down the demon. There was still lots of slow motion. Okay, that's fair. I just didn't know on. because of the excess early on. I thought. I mean, and I didn't. Even, I had to digest the film more before I was like, man, that was a lot of slow motion. That, man, that was a lot of slow motion okay. in there. And like, just like with Star Trek, I didn't really realize all the lens flare until I start watching again like why am I squinting they're watching a movie it's lens- JJ stop it <laughs> <laughs> this film in terms of the DC universe I would like it way more too if we had a little bit of establishment the only consistent here is Viola Davis's character it's the only short small consistent that we're seeing in these things aside from the cameo 
in the mid credit scene, but all of a sudden the Justice Society just exists and here's what they do. There was no explanation in that because they haven't done a good job of world building at all. And yes, I'm a Marvel fanboy, write it on my page, whatever, but I appreciate world building and taking just a couple minutes to explain these characters and what they do and why the Justice Society stands for this would help a little bit. While it seemed long, I just wanted more of it than just a boop. It was like pop-up video, and all of a sudden, just decided is there, and they don't kill people, because heroes don't. <laughs> right? A little bit of explanation, and all of a sudden, you have Adam Smasher. And... A lot of explanation about everything else. Well, uh, yeah. Yes, I would say that if they, if they had removed all of the extraneous narrations and okay about six times in the movie they stop to read about five paragraphs <laughs> of nonsense that by the time they're done with that little piece of narration exposition i have lost track of what's going on that's correct i i, I absolutely couldn't believe this whole movie and if you don't mind i'm going to transition into my take uh they threw the kitchen sink at this film and said, we're going to throw everything in this movie and hope to God it sticks. Uh, but it definitely felt like a repeating pattern where we'd say, okay, we're going to have a long narration exhibition, you know, exposition over video. Uh, and then we're going to have a fight sequence. And then we're going to throw in a little James Gunn Guardian of the Galaxy comedic moment that's definitely going to have some pop music in it and maybe a couple of jokes and we're going to smirk and then it's going to get super serious. And then we're going to have another and then just repeat that, you know, we're going to have another long blah, blah, blah of whatever you're supposed to know. But it's so long that you've lost track of what they're even talking about. Uh, this movie was like Twitter. It had 140 characters, and I found it very hard to follow. That's <laughs> just very difficult because they had they didn't know what to pull away from this movie to make it a good movie. It was just there were so many double crosses that I'm sitting there thinking, okay, when you have a double cross, that's an interesting plot twist in a film. Somebody you thought was going to be a good guy is a bad guy, or vice versa. Then they double cross again and go back to the original thing and then they double cross again and i felt there were each character had at least eight double crosses where they changed their allegiances positions that like i don't know if if you have a double cross and that's two and they double cross again that's four there were so many double crosses we're reaching numbers that approach the speed of light that i couldn't but it was Jim, way too much. Jim, with the haircut they gave Ishmael, which is the stereotypical Middle Eastern haircut, you knew he was going to double cross. They just gave him the villain haircut. They did give him the villain haircut. Because that is not a haircut used nowadays. True. Like I would say that was the I, least surprising double yeah, cross. I've read so many reviews on that, too. It's like, come on, try. Yeah. Try. Just like in so many of these other movies when they're just stereotyping the Middle East. What, what are you doing? The, Stop it. Okay, the overwhelming sentiment that I'm hearing here is that the writers, and by way of the writers, we can go ahead and throw, at least for now, throw the DC, what are they calling it? DCEU? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because MCU is close enough, it's too close. You can't right. say DCU to MCU. Okay. So DCEU is laziness. Yeah. They had, a, they, they were lazy in the sense that The Rock supposedly, at least according to the 
the pre-ad roll that we see when you go to theaters and there's like a 10-minute, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're here to watch Screen Vision or some garbage that nobody pays right. attention to. That's always not the right dimensions of the screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, they format the, it for a, yes. for a tube television. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, Four by three. The, the Rock <laughs> said that he has been working on this for 10 years and he gave it as everything and like all this stuff, right? But you have, if he was... Involved with the project under any circumstances for 10 years, they were lazy in the sense that they gave him the project and not somebody who is of Middle Eastern descent. That's number one. Although I can kind of give it a pass, unlike you, Bradford, because I, I if he's attached to the project and he's going to produce it and all this other stuff. Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. know if the movie gets made. If no, it the does. Rock, no, correct. It does. Right. Is it, is right. It, so yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll let that one slide. But my point is, is that then you have the writing, which is what's lazy writing? Trying to get the audience up to speed by having a narration at the beginning, trying to trying to explain everything. But it went on for like eight minutes. It wasn't like it was a two-minute explanation and then some visuals. It was like eight minutes, if not more, uh, of just marathon narration of, it ba- felt, of bad felt quality. Like a film strip in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> telling me about like, you know, mitosis. Right. So that's it was brutal. That's lazy. And then when you had your point just now about how like it seems like, oh, there's this plot twist and there's another cro- double crossing again and they're double crossing again. And so you, now you have that's that's lazy writing. And then on top of that, now your point of saying, well, okay, they gave him the they gave him the stereotypical Middle Eastern haircut. So of course he was the villain. Yeah, the villain haircut. You're like, why don't you try? They probably thought they were being clever by doing that. Right. Yeah. But instead, it's lazy. It's insulting. Yes, it is. So that's what the takeaway is, is Black Adam is lazy. That's what it is. That's the takeaway I'm hearing. They worked on this for so long. Of course it didn't have to be, but that's what it is. you You have pretty good star power in there, good characters to build on. Here's the thing. DC has tremendous characters that they could build on, and this just shows how awful DC is run when it comes to making movies. I agree. They have, they have better depth of characters than Marvel. They yeah, do. There's no question. Better yeah. depth of characters. When you think of how deep mm-hmm. Batman, Superman, so many of these other characters can be compared to Marvel, but they keep screwing the pooch. In 2008, I'm picking that year specifically. In 2008, if you just said, can you name three Marvel characters, my answer would have been no. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, I just, I just didn't sure. grow, I grew up on Batman, Superman, even though I don't really like the Superman movies back in the day. You say Spider-Man. That's about uh, Well, but I would have guessed that he was, I would have right. guessed. Right. I would have known, right? That would have been the one. Right. right. But, but Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, these are all DC characters sure. that are top of the mind, right? That It wouldn't even have been a contest. Yeah. But when Iron Man drops, and it's so good, we'll leave the Hulk out of it. It was so good. It was the inter- it was like a reintroduction. Okay, this is Marvel. Oh, that's kind of cool. And the next thing you know, they've got a thirty film slash TV show saga. It was a paradigm shift that is unbelievable. And now every Mar- I-, I know who Quicksilver is. I-, I mean, I'm just naming a random character. Like I know who that is now because of the MCU. So you didn't watch the '90s cartoon? No, Mar- X Men. No. Okay. No. <laughs> but for those of you that are listening and saying. You guys just love Marvel, and you just want to dump on. I wanted to love this movie. Part of this is anger at the filmmakers. That's a good point because you have taken something that could have been great, and you blew it. And anybody who is a fan of these characters before they make these movies should also be mad that they have not taken what you love and given them a proper movie treatment.
let's go ahead and give our ratings right now and any final thoughts on this before we get into the tweet. <laughs> go for the, the tweet heard around the world. That's right. <laughs> Am I going first? Yes. Okay. My score for Black Adam is 4.5. I think it is a popcorn movie where you can just kind of turn your brain off and go have a good time. If you suspend the realistic... I don't know needing, the right word. Needing things to make sense? Yes, thank you. <laughs> the logical sense of what's on screen that I think, if you can suspend that, then I think you'd have a good time. Is it great? No. Is it a movie that I'll go see again only because my son wants to see it? That is the only reason I'm going back to see it again. Right. Because I, I asked him when I got home, my wife goes, and I go, eh. McGillian, do you want to do you want to see it? He goes, Yeah. I'm like, Okay, I'll go see it again. And so then that was the that was the, the end of the conversation. Like yep, because he'll he'll be fine. He sure. may not get past the eight minutes of explaining at the beginning, but after that, he'll be fine. <laughs> there were enjoyable moments. Did I laugh at a few things? Yes, I absolutely laughed. Yes, I got through it. I did not check my watch, I, but it did feel long. There were times when it just felt like, oh man, this, this needs to be wrapping up soon, right? And that's where I started feeling like, okay, this is where there's a problem when it's feeling. Long. That means there's parts where it's dragging, even though I'm enjoying some of it. I did like, again, the side characters. Adam Smasher, I thought was great. I'd love to see more of him. I thought he was very vanilla. I, I don't, I don't want to was, break into your a, review here, but I, I just I thought he was a poor man's Tom Holland. Yeah. 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 But I enjoyed the aspect of, okay, DC is trying to, uh, to have a little bit of the quips in there instead of playing it so serious all the time. They were yeah. trying and... The way they even set his character up with Henry Winkler being that was the funny. old Adam Smasher. That was funny. I thought that was funny. He's like, okay, well, we know he's going to be the funny sidekick. And they did it in such a way, by the way, that they had it like on the phone, like on a Zoom call yeah. or right. FaceTime, FaceTime or something. It could not have been laid out per- yeah. more perfectly well, and for him. And him going yeah. back and I forth. I was a little confused. Well, him going back and forth with Hawkman, too, about we're going to have a conversation. Yeah, but then funny. I wanted the, then I wanted like a post credit scene of the conversation. Like you set it up. Give me something to work it with. It would have been a perfect end credit scene. <laughs> it After it's been, all yes. over, all over, and they're yes. just talking. Yes. That would have been so funny. Yes, yes. yes. So, they teed it up and never hit it. Yeah. yeah. So I liked a lot of the side characters. I liked some of the world building that they could have done, and there was potential that happened in this. I was disappointed in the way The Rock portrayed Black Adam. I was. Oh, Is it the, his fault, though? No, it's not always his fault. Well, no, no, he's the, the one. Because the statement you just said was, I was disappointed in the way... The Rock portrayed the character because he's the actor, right? But if he if it's not his fault, he can't change his ethnicity not, to oh, Middle Eastern. That's and- not why. It's about him being so stoic. I didn't like the way it's portrayed, and him this being his project. That means he had a say okay. in how the character's control. being portrayed. That's fair. I'll back off. <laughs> you better back off. <laughs> All right. All that being said, I give it a five. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is Jim and. I thought this movie was at least 40% too long. So uh, 40%? I, I literally think they, they just should have taken a whole bunch out. Uh, the uh, comedic scenes, there were a few times where I genuinely enjoyed the camaraderie. I laughed. I really enjoyed we were going to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And, but then they let me down. Uh, and then there was other times where they were not trying to be funny. There was at least five unintentionally funny lines of dialogue and at least once or twice I laughed out loud in the theater because I mean involuntarily that was just the corniest silliest thing I've ever heard okay Uh, I really did like The Rock 
I find The Rock very entertaining. I can look past, uh, you know, his ethnicity. I kind of am just a fan of whatever he's in. You know, I he's 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 a very charismatic, likable guy. I can't believe I'm in a room full of rock lovers. So you know, I don't call me a lover. <laughs> I'm not comfortable going that far. Okay, sorry. But uh, I am very comfortable with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the parts where they try to put in, we need like a you know a a funny James Gunn scene. And, and here's where they really screwed it up. There was one of them that's just, I want to point this one thing out, or how badly the, the audio was mixed. The scene where one of the guys trying to, you know, find the crown falls off the mountain and lands on a rock. Mm-hmm. And his friend is inside the car listening to a cassette tape of players, Baby Come Back, right? Uh, obviously... A great thing. They've got you laughing about the guy in the car and his choice of music, which is a very Deadpool-y kind of song. And all of a sudden, his friend and colleague dies a horrible, grisly death, and he jumps out of the car. The music is still playing out the window of the car. They're raising the soundtrack up with this, like, dread, horrifying, perfect for the scene of somebody who just, you know, is about to die and, you know, just exactly the kind of music they would. But you can still hear the song from the cassette tape playing at the same time while he's 20 feet away at least 20 seconds after this guy, it's obvious this guy's going to die. I'm thinking, how poorly was this thing edited and mixed? Uh, and it, 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 one of the reasons those scenes were put in there and r- ruined a lot of things in that movie for me. That was early. It was early. <laughs> it was early. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to say on the strength of uh, it had cool visual effects and uh, I really liked the Justice League uh, ship and The Rock is very enjoyable. I'm going to give this a five as well. I think... If you really turn your brain off, you can enjoy it. Have you seen Skyscraper? Because I don't we're getting think to San Andreas Two, by the way. <laughs> San Andreas Two: Earth Strikes Back. Didn't he punch the earthquake back into submission? <laughs> uh, that was Chuck Norris. <laughs> oh, oh. Thank you for uh, putting up with our rants on this. Uh, we now want to rant about something else. Let's pivot to the tweet. Okay, so you probably saw it from our account or you've seen it on Twitter. And I'll just read it. This comes from at Comics Explained. I feel like the critics who gave Black Adam low scores are the kind of people who sit around drinking wine while listening to fancy music and saying that movies are art. You feel like he personally took a shot at you right there? Do you drink wine and... Listen to fancy music? Sometimes. You do, really? Sometimes. I didn't take, I mean, you, I didn't take you for a sideways Where guy. did I used to work? At a symphony. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, a, that's a good it's point. Been, it's been so long I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, let's just, Pre-COVID, let's just take the, over, the overhanging thing here. Are movies art? Yes. Are they not? Art doesn't have to be good art. Not all art is good. <laughs> that's true. All art's subjective. Yeah. But are movies art, fellas? Yes, they are. I agree. Like you don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to like it. You don't even have to appreciate it. We were just putting it in the category that movies are art. 
So this dippy dude has to attack people because he's some DC fanboy out here because the next one is hot take. If you dislike Black Adam, you are wrong. <laughs> but, but he's attacking people that think movies are art and sipping, listening to fancy music. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming that his take of fancy music is anything classical. You do realize that like, Movie scores are classical music right. performed by an orchestra, and which is mm-hmm. which is in and of its own way art. Yeah. So right. if you don't like fancy music, then you're saying you don't like any of the movie music behind your favorite superhero movies because typically the music is a huge part of a lot of these. Like anything we've seen, Batman, Superman, stuff like that. We know the music. We know the themes to these things. So he's at- attacking that, and then attacking people that didn't like it, but talk about art. So attacking us, attacking anybody that likes film, enjoys film, or disagrees. And- or disagrees even. So like what what in the world kind of attention grabbing BS cuz we're talking about it so it's working brother is he doing by saying listening to fans music talking about movies being art. That's the thing that that pisses me off the most about this. You have some DC fanboy that just expects everyone to like Black Adam. We obviously didn't enjoy it as much as he did cuz he's probably there trying to wipe one off. <laughs> Can I <laughs> just I got to set the scene visually again. <laughs> During that last outburst from Justin Bradford, JKG is standing there with his hand in the air like like he's in class. Teacher, I have something. I what like quip does Gover have now? No, no, no quip. I, okay, I, I have, I have whatever. a. I just want to play devil's advocate for five seconds. Oh man! No, 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 no. I, I have just. It's a question for the room. Okay. 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 And as a listener, you are in the room. Okay. Did he mean art like snooty? Like like the like the extreme of art like, like oh two like the, kinds people, of movies no 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 or? well kind of like, like like oh for those who think movies are art meaning like artsy like he's obviously attacking any critic I understand that but, I'm as, simply asking was his intention of the word art I don't care what his intention <laughs> was if he had an intention he would explain himself better I'm trying to help you out here dude I, if he had intention behind this he would explain himself better instead of attacking anybody who may dislike something or like classical music or like wine or all three together it's freaking art that's the whole thing about this that pisses me off the most is that he says movies aren't art you are dude has 60,000 followers talks about comics does he, wait and, does he really yes talks about comic oh, and geek God. culture for 25 plus years and says I'll make you comic book expert obviously he watches movies so he's saying that movies are not art when obviously he appreciates pop culture what kind of BS is that if you can't consider movie art I okay. thought he was just tweeting from his mom's basement with like 80 followers. He probably like, is. Well, yeah. Not I'm with sure. 60,000 followers, he's not. If he says, you know, movies are not art, is he not casting a, a, a dark shadow on this movie and the movies he claims to love? Because he's actually saying, well, my movies aren't art. Well, they should aspire to be. So if you're saying That's they're true. not... <laughs> Then they have failed you, buddy. And I really think this tweet is born out of insecurity. Uh, people who are not secure with what they love and what they like, you love and like whatever you want, but don't shut down somebody who disagrees with you because that feels like it hurts. Be confident in your appraisal of a movie. If somebody else or a whole lot of people don't like it, be okay with that. Instead of casting aspersions on the person who disagrees. Britannica Dictionary says, Art, something that is created with imagination and skill that is beautiful or that expresses important ideas or feelings. 
side note, I have a problem with them using the word beautiful. That's an opinion. Second of all, and really what I wanted to say, is that something that is created with imagination and skill. What are movies if not that? They are imagination come to a screen. It is a presentation of somebody's imagination. Of their vision. Right. Therefore, it is art. Movies, Suck it. What's this guy's name? Robert. Suck it, Robert. (laughs) Glad you had to clarify that. (laughs) We've said all that. We've had a pretty intense episode. And so let's have a little more fun with our question of the week. And our question let's of the week. Let's carry this levity right into the next Right segment. into it. I dropped a hint at what the question was when I was talking about Black Adam, though, which is sidekick. I dropped that in there because the question of the week is your favorite sidekick slash comic relief. Because a sidekick isn't always comic relief. So you could have, you know, one of each. Things that Gover, I think, had eight. Uh, <laughs> I do have eight on my list that Apparently. I will pare down for the listeners. So let's go ahead and kick this off because I think there's some good discussion that can happen here because we all enjoy different types of movies as well. I want to start with Jim, though, on this one. Okay. okay. Are we uh, doing sidekick or I, comic relief first? I would Whichever like a clarification you... first, though. Yes. Are we, are we giving three or giving one of each? What are we doing? I think well, one, one I, of I each. I think one of each. Oh, great. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go sidekick. And for some reason, I just uh, I got a little weird on this one, and I started <laughs> thinking about... Sidekicks that don't say anything. Oh. Okay. And I didn't end up picking one, but I thought of a few. I'm thinking Silent Bob is a good one. Okay. Okay. uh, But I went to somebody who speaks few words, but when they speak them, they are, they're great. So I'm going with Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Excellent choice, That is a great choice. Okay. When, when he speaks, it's funny, it's important, it means something. Uh, he is exactly the kind of friend everybody wants to have. Napoleon's weird. He accepts all of it. And he, I mean, like he even supports his friend and brings his community, you know, the people in his family together, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, they're driving Napoleon to the dance because he doesn't have a vehicle. I mean, like Pedro is is everybody's best hype man in the quietest way. I like that a lot. I am a, I am a fan of your choice, sir. Thank you. Bradford, why don't you go second? Okay. I need more time to pare down my eight to two. <laughs> like, what world do you think we'd want to hear all eight? I, I knew you didn't want to hear all eight. I was, yeah. I well, ha- then why I ha- are you complaining? I have to have a, a list. So <laughs> oh, I, I like, made eight. Nobody wanted to hear eight, but I still made it. I'm going to complain yeah. about it. The Patreon supporters will hear all eight. <laughs> <laughs> Pay $10 an extra a month. You can get the other seven. <laughs> so my first one, I'll do sidekick before I do comic relief sidekick. Favorite sidekick, and this is, <laughs> this is at the top of a lot of people's list, but I just rewatched the trilogy recently because of Rings of Power, and it's Samwise Gamgee. Okay. His favorite right. sidekick. Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, devotion there. Devotion to what needs to to happen, understanding that even when Frodo has the ring bearing down on him and kicks him away and pushes him to the curb, that he's still there to support his friend, to make sure that everything's achieved, to, to have water, to give up his water, to food, everything like that, to make sure the goal is achieved to get the ring to Mount Doom. Yep. He, Samwise Gamgee is like the ultimate sidekick that shows love to his friend, and I love it. I cannot argue with that, but I will because it's not on my list at all. <laughs> at all? No. Of uh, all eight? Nope. You uh, have Samwise Gamgee? No. Okay. Uh, okay go ahead. My side, is that what we're doing? Sidekick, yep, right? Sidekick. Sidekick is K2SO from Rogue One. Oh, I love it. Oh, you 
I love it. Stole one of mine. I Did mean, I? I, I to, yeah, that's uh, okay. One of your twelve or whatever. Uh, that was gonna, that was going to be my comic relief. <laughs> yeah. but that's okay. Because K two S O is more than comic relief, although he definitely provides that. One, he pilots the ship. Two, he keeps the characters honest throughout the whole film. And three, he covers, even though he's a droid, he covers for his rebel friends. And then at the end, of course, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Rogue One, he dies for the cause. He gives, mm-hmm. his, and gives his life. That's that pretty is. spectacular. Gives his circuits. Yeah. And so, I, I'm not going to pick a different one. I'm just going to come right in ahead. And, and just like support you on that one. Alan Tudyk, uh, oh. the voice actor, uh, he is comedically brilliant. Uh, I think he's a genius in so many ways. Comedy is hard. And a lot of that movie, l- watching a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff... Alan Tudyk did a lot of improvisation mm-hmm. with the voice of K2SO and what he says, and they used a lot of it. And so I got to say yes, and bravo to Alan Tudyk for taking that role and making it the Alan tudyk he could make it. <laughs> and bravo to Alan Tudyk for what he did with Hey Hey as a chicken we could really understand what a chicken was thinking in Moana. Nice segue. Not many people... Not many, not how many voice actors can pull that off? Like a chicken that doesn't say any words, it is just bagawking around, and you can understand what the chicken's thinking based on the bagawk. Uh, what he's thinking, what his emotions are. Yeah, what, yeah I mean, everything. That takes yeah. talent. Alan yeah. Tudyk is fantastic. Nice okay, I'll go ahead and go into my comic Please relief. Please do. My favorite comic relief sidekick is Genie from Aladdin. That okay. one is on my list. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, just because I've, we have to make the distinction <laughs> is it Will Smith or is it Robin Williams? Jimothy. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. If you think it's Will Smith, you can get out of this room right now. I didn't mind that movie, but let's be real, okay? It's an insult to the late Robin Williams. Yes. Yes. I I mean, grew up, obviously, with that, but just what Robin Williams is able to do with that character. But it's not just always comic relief, especially by the end when Genie is supposed to be freed. You feel for the Genie. You have an emotional connection to Genie as well, and that's what makes it such a great character is that while it makes you laugh, so much about the whole film, you feel emotionally tied to him having his freedom. And then if you watch all the, you know, the cartoons and all the other ones after that, he's free and he still stays. And yay, Genie! <laughs> well, isn't a great comic? Isn't it great when a comic sidekick gives you all the laughs throughout the movie, but then brings something special in at the end? Yes. And you can you can find that in so many places. That's where the great ones come in. We just talked about it a few episodes ago when we were talking about bridesmaids. Melissa McCarthy gives you so many laughs. But then she's the voice of reason who, <laughs> you know, snaps her out of her funk at the end of the movie mm-hmm. with, with wise words. Melissa McCarthy also on my list, by the way, for ah! Bridesmaids. So thank you for mentioning that. It's one less thing I have to talk about. My answer is Trent, Vince Vaughn's character in Swingers. Okay. I love Swingers. It's, it's not a good movie, but it's, you, a, but it's so have to fun. Tell me because I don't even remember Swingers. Okay. It was so long ago, I don't even remember okay, Trent. You Tell should, me about it. You should dedicate 80 minutes, because it's a pretty short movie, okay. and watch it again. It's pretty great. Uh, again, not the movie. The art is not great, <laughs> the, but, the, but it's fun. That's a callback. It is a callback. It's a callback in the business, folks. <laughs> Trent is the best friend of Mikey, who is the lead character, John Favreau, lead character, and they're best friends, and, uh, and Trent is like the, you know, like in high school, when you have like this really good-looking friend who always got all the attention from the girls or the boys or whatever your you know uh, yeah. classification is, and you didn't get scraps, but it was pretty clear that your this really good friend over here is going to get the top pickings, right? <laughs> That's what Trent is to Mikey, okay? <laughs> and he's and they call, he 
he's a tall drink of water. He says it in the fits in the dialogue. Tall drink of water. They, and and uh, Mikey goes through a breakup. Drink. Mikey goes through a breakup, and Trent tries to do the only thing he knows how to do, which is get Mikey a girl so he can get over his breakup. That's the entire <laughs> premise of the movie, and he fails miserably. But I think my point is everybody wants a friend like that. Yeah. Who, yes, they're kind of one-dimensional, maybe two-dimensional on a good day, but they're really one-dimensional, but they're hilarious. You can have you, you feel like you're friends with them from the beginning. There's a natural chemistry there. And then at the end of the day, they've got your back. Right? Yep. That's what you want out of a friend. And I, I, I Trent is the best friend on screen. So Excellent. Trent from Swingers. All right. What are the other ones that you have? Just list them really quick. I'll list them real quick. Yeah, with no uh, explanations. No, no, no. Blurt them out. Tom Arnold's Gib and True Lies. Yelena Belova, Black Widow. Kenny Fisher, Seth Green's character in Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, wow. Which I very, very much wanted to pick, but I was like, well, if we're only getting one, I can't not do Trent. Like, that's the... Yeah. Know. And then my, my last one is from The Muppets. It's uh, Pepe the King Prawn. Oh, man. Bill Beretta voices him. I just love him because everything, he, he ends everything with okay. That's how he, end, he ends okay with everything, but it's not a question. But he still ends at everything. I gotta go okay. It's, oh, it's... Freaking hilarious. <laughs> Talk about a character who doesn't say much. Like yeah. He's almost never on screen. Mm-hmm. But when he is, it's just, I mean, it just packs a punch every Pepe's time. Pepe's the new Rizzo because <laughs> yeah. of reasons. Right. <clears throat> well, this has been a lively edition of the Untitled Film Project podcast. I am Jim Chandler on Twitter and Instagram. Jim Chandler 1075 uh, is how you find me, along with... Robert, you can find me at Justin B. Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> but also make sure you follow Untitled Film Project Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if anything, please make sure you subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. You can follow me at It's Govertime. Yeah, I-T-S-G-O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. I welcome Robert's follow, but I will not follow him back. <laughs> and uh, I, w- <laughs> I, w- I welcome any conversation about movies with you at all. Absolutely. Robert, if uh, you're listening, I just wanted to let you know that your mom messaged us and said your dinner's ready and it's going to get cold, so take off your headphones and come upstairs out of the basement. And no garnish, because it's art. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.